Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Grace is a common um, a common word that people use and um, people use it very generously. It's very common but not too many people know uh, what grace is actually is. And then you see even pastors uh, talk about grace and you see them be antithetical of grace in their preaching than in their conduct. And if you want to overflow this year, if you actually want to overflow this year, we must understand in clear terms what grace is all about and how we can tap into grace for wealth. Praise the Lord. And that's why I'm telling us that it's going to be a two-part message. I'll take it today and lay in the foundation and then next week we're going to understanding how we can tap into God's grace for our wealth. Praise the Lord. This year you will overflow. This year you will overflow in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to come with me to the book of John chapter 1 verse 17. John chapter 1 verse 17. The book of John chapter 1 Verse 17. I read, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. But the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. From that passage <clears throat> all grace comes from God through Jesus Christ. The passage of the scripture tells us that our Lord Jesus Christ is the source and the orchestrator of grace. Jesus Christ is what? The source and the orchestrator of grace. In other words, you cannot talk of grace outside Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is grace personified. He is the originator and the personification of grace. Praise the Lord. So like I said, the topic before me is grace for wealth. Grace for what? For wealth. So in the first, at the first instance, we need to define grace. We need to know what grace is before we can begin to drive it towards wealth. Praise the Lord. Amen. We have to define grace, have the understanding, and then apply it upon our life 
and see how Jesus made the grace available for our wealth and how we can tap into that grace and then become worthy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, grace is popularly defined as unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Something you do not qualify for, but given to you. Grace is unmerited, unend, and totally undeserved. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. It is purely the show of God's goodness and love towards us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Grace is a gift from God by the Bible standard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, my own understanding and in summary of it all, I will give my definition of grace. Praise the Lord. It kind of summarizes all the arms of grace. My definition of grace is this. Grace is the amazing power of God's love. Grace is the amazing power of God's love that dispenses favor in varied degrees without regards to the credibility of the recipient. I take it again. Grace is the amazing power of God's love that dispenses favor in varied degrees without regards to the credibility of the recipient. Praise the Lord. Should I take it again? Have you taken it? That's my special definition of grace after deep meditation on that topic. They say, grace is the amazing power of God's love that dispenses, that is, gives favor in varied degrees without regard to the credibility of the recipient. Praise the Lord. Amen. However, however, grace is given to men without considering whether or not they are qualified. Because God gives this based on his love for man. And in trying in, in expressing his love for man. He gives grace in different ways. So if that be the case, I give grace in different ways. There are five dimensions of grace. Praise the Lord. There are what? 
five dimensions of grace. And that's what I will uh, lay down this morning. Then next week we're going to the how God laid down the grace for wealth and how we can tap into that wealth. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we'll just run down the five grace and five dimensions of grace this morning and we'll take our communion. Praise the Lord. Amen, somebody. Number one, number one is grace for salvation. Grace for salvation is taken from the book of Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Grace for salvation. Uh, it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. To all what? All men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Praise the Lord. And if I can have time to explain that. Salvation is, uh, is for every man. God desire to save everybody and put everybody on the same petition, the same level. And so when you hear people say, ah, it's your, it's your name in the book of life, then they don't understand what salvation is. Every human being's name is in, is in the book of life. But you go out there, they give you the, the impression that only those who are saying, no, everybody's name is on what? The book of life. Salvation appeared to all, how many men? All men. So we are, when you are born, you're, you're, as long as you have life, your name is in the book of life. The difference is, when you now receive Christ, your name is ticked, and you are heavily bound. If you don't receive Christ, then the name is what? Deleted from the book of life. And you are hair bound. Are you getting me? The grace is for all of us. No discrimination. The grace for salvation. Because God died for all of us. So you now decide whether you will go to hell or heaven. If you receive Christ, it means you have chosen to go to heaven. The day you receive Christ, your name is ticked as a man who is heavily bound. If you don't receive Christ before you die, your name is deleted, you are hell bound. Praise the Lord. So the judgment is made already. Amen. Amen. Say the Bible say in the book of John, say, say, those who do not receive Christ, they are condemned already. If you reject him, you are condemned already. That's the grace for salvation. So under this grace, God decided to save us from internal condemnation for our sin. 
God decided to save all of us from eternal condemnation for our sins. But that is if only you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. And that's why Romans 3.23 also says, say, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Praise the Lord. All, I mean, all have what? Sinned. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But with Christ, the glory is upon you. That is hope for us in Christ Jesus. Christ, the hope of what? Glory. Number two, that's what we call co-laboring grace. Co-laboring grace. Hallelujah. We have grace where God collaborates with us to get something done or to achieve something or to accomplish something bigger and stronger than our capacity. It's something you can't do ordinarily on your own. You are able to do it by God's grace. That is to say, God collaborates with us, joins join us in our task or to accomplish something, gives us extraordinary power or wisdom to accomplish. And that is God collaborating with us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. It says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by the mind spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Praise the Lord. Zerubbabel was one of the people that came to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, the temple that was brought down. And he had so much opposition. And I preached about it, and it was, it was, uh, the, the whole place was deserted, and there were, there were famine. Nothing was on the ground, just like Nigeria is, or even worse than. And then they were embarking on such, such a, a gigantic project of rebuilding the temple. Praise the Lord. At the time, it was going to be frustrated, and God came and God said, Look, you will finish this temple. It's not going to be by your power. It's not going to be by your intelligence. It's not going to be by your financial muscle. But it's going to be by my spirit. Your hand started it. Your hand will finish it. I speak to somebody here this morning. That which you have thought about. That project you have even thought about. Thinking about it alone, by God's grace, it will come to play. And you will succeed. Whatever you have laid your hands on, will find success. Everything about you will speak success. 
what people think that you cannot do, by God's grace, you will do it. What people think that is too big for you, by God's grace, it will be too small for you. You are moving forward. You are accomplishing. You are succeeding by God's grace. God is with you. And nothing can be against you. Hallelujah. So, that is God collaborating with man to achieve, to accomplish. I don't know what you have started doing that looks as if it's a mountain. But I tell you, by grace of God, you will overcome. I don't know the battle that is standing before you. But by the grace of God, you are the winner. I don't know the project you want to embark on. But I know that by God's collaborating grace, he will labor with you. He will help you. He will see you through. In the name of Jesus, you will obtain victory. Hallelujah. So, grace is the power of God walking through us. Grace is the power of God walking through us, enabling us to do more and be more than we could ever be on our own strength or wisdom. Grace is the power of God walking through us, giving us the enablement to do more and be more than what we could ever be by our own strength or wisdom. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. Number three. I call this one sovereign grace. Sovereign grace. The word sovereign means something that is supreme. Something that is absolute. Something that is above all. Sovereign grace of God refers to God's supreme power. His absolute power. His unchallengeable authority. The power that is above all powers. Praise the Lord. Under sovereign grace, God displays the sovereignty of his deity. Praise the Lord. Under sovereign grace, God breaks rules and traditions in favor of man. Under sovereign grace, rules are suspended. The, 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 non, the natural things are suspended. And God does whatever he wants to do without recourse to any man, to anything. Praise the Lord. Under sovereign grace, God demystifies the mystery of nature or the power of rules. All traditions. Amen. Like, let's, take, let's take John chapter 5 verse 18 to 19. 
John chapter 5, verse 18 to 19. In this instance, Jesus healed a cripple on the day of Sabbath. The law of Sabbath, as spelled out by the Jewish law, the law of Sabbath forbids any kind of work. Any kind of work. So, it was unlawful for Jesus to perform healing and not only on that, it was also unlawful for the man to carry his bed. Because you do not do anything on the Sabbath. But this man has been at the pool of Bethsaida for 38 years. Praise the Lord. And this man has forgotten about ever being healed. Because when Jesus got to him and asked him, do you want to be healed? He said, he has no, he cannot find man that will help him enter the pool. God, the, the, the law was that the angel of God comes once a year to stir the water. And when the pool is stirred, the first person that plunges into the pool gets healed. And but this man was a cripple. He doesn't have the strength to beat other people. So he was there for 38 years. Praise the Lord. He didn't pray, but God knew. Listen to me. There is something you are going through and you think that is just peculiar. You think that you are crying inside, but God sees you. The tears are over. Your pain is over. God will give you that unexpected pleasant visitation. I see God visiting somebody here. When you do, when unexpectedly, he will come to you. This man had given up. But grace found him. He had been there for 38 years. He could not ration or rationalize or the, the code how this healing will ever come. He just know that it's only when you plunge yourself into the pool that you get it. But there is something above the law. Praise the Lord. But on this day, Jesus moved from his throne. Hallelujah. And he got there. His own law. He suspended the law. And said, this man, rise and carry your bed. Praise the Lord. And you know what? It was a Sabbath day. The law is that you must not do anything on Sabbath day. So what did Jesus do? He canceled Sabbath. He said, I am more than Sabbath. The law that is holding you is below you. Praise the Lord. And they, called, and they told the man to say, you, you, they hear you. They say, carry your bed. You carry your bed. You are not supposed to do anything. So, so that he just suspended. He broke down the law. He broke down the walls just to heal that man. I see God coming from nowhere now. I see God breaking down traditions. I see that God breaking down the rules in your family. The rules that is holding your family members. God is breaking them. God is lifting you out. Whatever is holding you back, God is breaking them. Law cannot hold you. 
protocols are suspended. Because you need to be blessed. Receive your blessing. Receive your sovereign grace that will take you to places and see your enemies far below you. Receive in the name of Jesus. It is time for you to break forth. Receive the grace that will take you to the top. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Under sovereign grace, God does things in favor of man. Regardless the rules and traditions that might stand against the move of God. Nothing can stop God when he resolves to do a miracle. What God has decided to do for you cannot be stopped. God is taking you beyond your expectation. God is taking you beyond your family limitation. God is taking you beyond the rules of the city or the rules of the nation or the economic crunch of the nation. No matter what the CBN is saying, when God decides to visit you, your account will speak. I said your account will open and it will speak volumes. Is somebody in the house receiving the name of Jesus? He is the Alpha and Omega. He decides to do whatever he chooses to do. Nothing can stop him in the name of Jesus. Number four. That's what is called selective grace. God will lead, will leave a crowd, will come to a crowd and just lift you and you alone or a few people there is room for that is the grace of God praise the Lord God can be selective sometimes Romans 9 verse 15 Romans 9 verse 15 for he says to Moses I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whoever I will have compassion. That is selective. That is selective. God can decide that it is your turn today. And not the turn of Mr. B. God can decide today the blessing, the bless, the person I want to bless is Mr. C. Praise the Lord. And it is Mr. C that is being blessed. That doesn't mean God doesn't love you. That doesn't mean he hates you or is doing anything against you. He decided to bless Mr. C. Then what's your problem? Praise the Lord. Amen. I see God choosing you. For a supernatural breakthrough. God is giving you. Something special. Something what? Special. He's giving you a job. He's giving you a special job. A job where you will be so comfortable. So comfortable with your boss. With your colleagues. And with your, your, your junior ones. A job that you will do. So sweatlessly. A job that will give you more than you ever thought. 
A job that you will do, you don't even remember your salary because the income that is coming is overflowing. There is a selective grace here this morning. You, may, you need a husband. God will just select a husband for you. A husband that is made from heaven. Made in everything. Financially. Educate, um, uh, uh, academically. Praise the Lord. Academically. And financially. And then spiritually. Sound. And then physically. Be handsome. Praise the Lord. A man that is complete. And God will just give it to you. He will just give him to you. Without sweat. Hallelujah. So selective grace brings special blessing. Special blessing for people. Hallelujah. Do you know that in this uh, um, uh, cash crunch there are people who don't have don't even know whether there is something like that. Praise the Lord. And they are blessed. God will select you. God will choose you for a place special. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. amen. Hallelujah. So in this selected grace, God sometimes releases grace on certain individuals or individual just to accomplish certain purpose through them. In Exodus 31st or 31, praise the Lord. Exodus 31 verses 2 to 4. It says, See, I have called by my name. No, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. Have I and I have fed him. Somebody say, I have fed him. I have fed him with the spirit of God. I have fed him with my spirit. He's not the only person there. I have fed him with the spirit of God for wisdom, for understanding, for knowledge in all manner of work, of workmanship. God specially released his special grace upon Bezalel and uh, gave him the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding to excel in workmanship. Praise the Lord. I see God giving someone a special anointing here. Anointing that is not common. Praise the Lord. That is selective grace. Anointing, anointing. A gift. God is giving you a gift that is just peculiar. Praise the Lord. Receive that grace. Receive that grace. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. And finally, number five, before we take our communion, I call this the apportioned grace. The what? Apportioned grace. Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 8. 
Say, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Praise the Lord. This is gay, this is grace as related to spiritual gifts. Every spiritual gift in the life of a man is given to him by God's grace. Praise the Lord. And when Paul was writing this portion of the Bible, he was using the, 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 the Roman Empire uh, 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 army general who goes to battle. Praise the Lord. And who goes to battle and when he has, that's why he has he led the captivity, the captivity captive. When, 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 when he goes to battle and he has won, When he goes to battle, he has won the battle. And then they will be dancing on the street with the spoils of victory. Praise the Lord. And the things that they carried, and as, as they go along the street with the spoils of victory, he will be throwing off like uh, uh, Arrow uh, Land was doing the other when he was campaigning. He will be throwing, throwing things to, to people, and the people will be getting gifts. You know? So he was using that analogy and said, when Jesus held the, captive in, uh, the captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. Praise the Lord. He gave what? Gift to men. Gift as to the apostles. There are people God has given the gift of apostle. There are people that and that gift is, is as a result of grace. It's a grace. Everything that you are in the house of God is grace of God. It is grace of God for a pastor. We have a pastoral grace to pastor. It's not everybody that can pastor. Praise the Lord. The grace to teach. It's not everybody that can teach. Praise the Lord. So he gave gift to pastors, to teachers, to prophets, to evangelists, to apostles, and to all others, administrators in the church, even givers. They are all grace. And that is what they call the apportioned grace of God. This is specially related to spiritual gifts of God. There is nobody in church that has no spiritual gift. Praise the Lord. God has blessed you and gifted you in one way or the other. Amen? Hallelujah. So in Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16, it is also referred to a passion grace. That is grace given to people for different services in God's kingdom. To a portion is to divide and share out according to plan. God has planned you ahead and he decided to give you the, the grace, the gift, that he wants you to use in building the kingdom. So we are all partakers of the building of the kingdom in one way or the other. And it is as given to us by God himself. Praise the Lord. Amen. So God gives spiritual gifts to people according to his plan and purpose for your life. According to his plan and purpose 
for your life. And that's why it's very important to know the gifts that God has given to you so you walk in that area. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. So we are expected to make our individual contributions. We are expected to make our <coughs> our individual contributions spiritually in order to build up the body of Christ to help us get to maturity in faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are to contribute our individual giftings that will help us build the body of Christ and will help us get to that mature state in faith. And no, it's not given to one man. It is a contribution and effort of all of us. Praise the Lord. This underscores why he gave gifts to different people. Apostles, bishops, teachers, evangelists, and all of them. And then watch singers. It's a gift to sing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So wherever your gift is, walk in that and then you will excel in life in Jesus' name. Amen. And so as you can see, we have just enumerated and explained five dimensions of grace. Praise the Lord. 